Okay, welcome back to the Broadsides Podcast Broadcast. I am your co-host, John, and today I have with me... Andrew. Andrew. It's good to be back in studio. Yeah, over here in Rose Studios. That's right. Yeah, we're uh, working on another unusual setup here because I'm using a MacBook instead of my Dell desktop because that one just gave up the ghost. More importantly than switching the operating system. Switch locations. Switch locations. We're here in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. All right. We used to record in Fort Myers, uh, but now the studio is located in St. Petersburg. And Andrew, you're... Uh, I'm located in Sarasota. But Sarasota. Luckily, we're recording this uh, locally. Yes. Last time we tried to do that non-locally and uh, not well, great. We'll call that the lost episode. That's right. Maybe that will get unearthed one day. Because that was on... I, I just finished editing it. Right. It was on my hard drive on my desktop. Earlier today, the desktop gave up the ghost and shat the bed. It said, that's it. I'm done. It is done. Yeah. Just so, overloaded with prawn, probably. Yeah, so... That'll uh, do it. <laughs> all, all those all those nasty porn viruses. Exactly. On that computer. Eventually, they add up, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, compounding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I, I, I want to throw that out there because there's a lot of people getting into podcasting now, and the challenges of trying to record remotely, I think, is it's not as easy as it, as it you'd think it would be, so... No, it's actually pretty technically difficult yeah uh so it's easier just to have you in the room with me well, you have to deal with my stink this way that's that's true <laughs> that's true the overpowering stench that's right well I, that's what you get for being friends with an italian that's right that's right you're a, you're a fragrant people yeah now luckily i avoid physical exertion so i don't sweat too much so there i don't get go. that garlicky smell is it, is it garlicky i think you know i'm italian so yeah i yeah. eat a lot of garlic yeah i hate sweating that's Me why too. I, I really don't like sweating. No. I, I don't like being sweaty. It's not fun. I, and I actually don't sweat very much. Even when I'm outside doing work, I don't sweat. You must be an, an evolved man. I think I'm just better than most people. There you go. Is, is, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. So <laughs> what else makes you sweat a lot? Sports? Sports? Uh, the intimate times? The intimate times? Well, we could talk about the intimate times. The history of the intimate but I don't times? Know, I don't know if we want to discuss that uh, with your lovely girlfriend in the next room over. No, she's making us dinner. Oh, so we could talk about anything. And well, well, I'm just saying... we could get away with rambling about your sexual escapades? For now, but she's going <laughs> to eventually listen to this. She's a fan. So how about instead of uh, talking about that, we'll, we'll stick with sports. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about... A very sweaty now, topic. Andrew, let me be honest with you. Yes. I'm not a sports guy. No, and neither am I. I was never good at it. I never had an interest in it. I only recently got into baseball because it's a sport that's easy to follow while being very drunk. In my opinion, baseball is a sport that encourages you to just sit, hang out, talk with your friends. When you hear the crowd roar, you know you can watch. Yeah. And there's usually a replay if anything cool happens. Yeah, there's a lot of downtime yeah, in baseball, which I love. I love exactly. it. It's a very chill sport for the spectator. That's right. The very first depiction of a sport, not a lot of downtime. Cricket, I know, goes back to like the 1500s. Correct. Yep. Was it cricket? Nope, it actually goes back to 2100 B.C. Let me have a stab at this. Go ahead. 2100 B.C. Okay, I know Native peoples of America, South America... Correct. ...would play war games type of deal, like either lacrosse... Okay, yeah. ...or uh, something where they'd have sticks and they had to tag each other with sticks. Yep. Uh, I know that's what was popular in South America in ancient times. Um, Am I in the right continent? No. Okay. I'm definitely going to touch on that continent, but some of those Mesoamerican, which I think you're, yes. you're alluding to, those like Mesoamerican ball games and whatnot, those actually came much later than even I re- realized. Really? Um, in fact, the Mayans, who kind of made 
their ball game very popular. The Mayans didn't really rise to their didn't rise till the apex until like 750 AD. So it was actually oh, more wow. What we might think of like the Dark Ages. That is much when it comes later. To Europe, yeah, and, yeah, and it's that surprising. Was, and that was before the discovery of the New World, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, okay. pre pre Columbian is what they call pre Christopher Columbus. Oh, I didn't know that was a word. Pre Columbian. Pre Columbian. Fourteen ninety two. Correct. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. You got it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, so twenty one hundred. Do you want to shoot for another continent? Oh, uh, it's got to be Africa then, right? Oh, no, Middle no? East, the Fertile Crescent. Oh, of course. So, I guess that's Asia. Have so, uh, Epic of Gilgamesh. Have you heard of it before? All of my ancient literature classes, we had to study the Epic of Gilgamesh. Okay, so you know a little bit about Gilgamesh. I know about Gilgamesh and Kidnu, the savage man he became they... best friends with. That's right. Um. Oh, God. Do you remember that Gilgamesh wrestled Enkidu, right? Yeah, I Yeah, they, so. they wrestled each other. They did belt wrestling. Belt wrestling? Right. So I had no idea what belt wrestling was. My initial thought was like two guys going at each other with belts. Wailing which, on each other. Yeah, which sounded awesome. That's not really wrestling. It's more like a savage <laughs> beating. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, in this case, you have your belts wrapped around the opponent's waist, and you're both just trying to like flip each other or... You ever seen the music video for Beat It by Sir Michael Jackson? Yeah, maybe at some point. Uh, that's uh, with the zombies, right? No, that's Thriller. Okay. And beat it, uh, these two, like, street toughs, mm-hmm. these street tough young men, take each other's left arms and, and, and hold each other. Okay. Like so, like, like almost like a handshake. Like, a grass, like that. Like the Roman handshake. Yeah, and they okay. have knives in the other hands. Oh, well, yeah. And, and, they have to, and they have to knife fight while holding oh, each other's terrifying. arms. Oh, this Okay. Just holding your hand was a little terrifying. So yeah, I don't know yeah. about the, you, you had a you, knife to it. You had a firmer grip than I thought you would. What can I say? I've got a lot of practice. I'm not working right now, so... There you go. I've got time to improve my grip. Gross. <laughs> okay, so belt wrestling. There's not much. All it just mentions is that they belt wrestled each other. You know, There's no real description of the rules that took place or anything like that. Okay. But that's just the earliest... Uh, description uh, of a sport is this belt wrestling between Gilgamesh and Enkidu. I think we could probably talk about Sumerian culture and the epic of Gilgamesh. I think we could dedicate a whole episode yeah. to them. But just a real quick tidbit, if you don't mind me going off on a on a tangent here. Uh, uh, that's what this show is all about. So do you know how en- en- Enkidu got in touch with civilization? Because he, he was a wild man. Well, the gods made him. Right? The gods made him to challenge Gilgamesh. Correct. He was made of from clay and saliva. Yeah. By the goddess of creation. Yeah, and uh, Gilgamesh was getting too big for his britches, I right. believe it was. So they wanted somebody who could be his, his opposite and his equal. Yeah, exactly. It, it's been a while since I've studied this text. No, you're, but you're, I studied it in freshman year of college. You're, you're spot on. But the thing that finally got... The, the thing that the gods did to get this wild man in touch with civilization... Is they hooked him up with the temple prostitute, oh, uh, nice. Shamhat, okay. and he he enjoyed her for seven days and seven nights. Good for him. And afterwards was not as strong, but smarter. I'm proud if I make it half an hour. Like, are you exactly seven <laughs> I, days? I, I feel like a stud. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Man, how did it work tonight? <laughs> Seven days and seven nights. You know what? I'm taking the next two days off. <laughs> That's it, dude. Exactly. This guy did not rest on his laurels. Kept going seven days, seven nights straight. Of course he's going to end up less strong. Actually, you'd think, though, that would build up his strength. I feel like you need a very long refractory period. Yeah. Afterwards. just Act, Right. That's a good point. Smoke Downtown. a cigarette. 
Right. A few cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They felt like having sex with a woman, A, civilizes you, B, makes you smarter, which I would agree, you know, you become more aware of human sexuality and, and the interactions with between man and woman. I'm not sure it makes you any smarter, because I knew a lot of dumb guys in high school. <laughs> who had who tons had, more who, sex who had a lot than more me. sex than I ever did. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, you know, again, I think we could dedicate a whole episode to this. Well, let's let's uh, put a pin in this one and, and come back to it and figure out why Eric Du uh, got smarter yet weaker with having sex. But, again, that's our, our, our first uh, depiction of sport. Now, um, so you, you mentioned the Mesoamericans, the Mayans, the Aztec. The Mayans were really most well-known for this kind of ball sport. Have you heard about the sport where they have to hit it with their hip? No, I, I've heard of kind of like a, a stick warfare okay, type Kind of like deal. lacrosse, right? Sort of, but I remember it being in South America, and they had to tag each other okay. with these... It was kind of like a simulated warfare. Yes. They had to tag each other with painted sticks or something like that. Okay, that's interesting. Now, I, now that I did not come across that in my research. That certainly leads to the point that these early sports were definitely... A way of showing your strength for war. Okay. Uh, it was kind of to show your prowess in battle, uh, but in a non-lethal way. So tell me about this hip sport, this hip ball. Okay, so they're playing with a rubber ball. So uh, the, Rubber? Yes. The Native Americans, I mean, even B.C., they're using rubber. They found a way of taking the latex that comes from the tree and just wafting it over a fire, mm. collects the carbon from the fire, and actually in a way, crudely vulcanizes that latex and turns it into, like, this really rough rubber. I see. So they can waterproof their shoes and create balls. Some of these balls were 20 inches in diameter and could weigh up to 20 pounds. 20 pounds? 20 pounds. like a medicine ball. Okay, 20 pounds. It's like a workout aid. And you're hitting it with your hip. So these guys had huge mother-bearing hips. Good lord. Now, um, obviously you can't tell, John, but I've recently been trying to get back in shape just because, again, I'm sitting around doing nothing, not working. Yeah, you're looking buff as hell, man. What can I say? There's, we have one 20-pound weight at home that I've been using. And that one 20-pound weight, it's not easy. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a thin guy. I'm frail, I'm willing to admit. Uh, even me working with a 20-pound weight, sometimes it gets a little strenuous, so I couldn't imagine... Hitting a, if you try bouncing it off your, off off my, your pelvis? <laughs> I haven't yet, but I'm working my way up to that. There you go. That's, that's going to be the next thing I try. Now, one of the most amazing things about this Mayan ball sport is that we have, uh, they're called Stella's? Stella, uh, Stella's? Beer? Or, Cheap, uh, gross, uh, Now, of course, I, I kind of like Stella's. I think they're kind of tasty. I have a tidbit for you. What's that? Go ahead. Your average can of beer. Yeah. I've, I've got a bottle here that I'm drinking. Okay. 12 fluid ounces. Yep. Pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Stella. Mm-hmm. 10.5 ounces. Must be some kind of European thing? No, well, Stella's owned by Anheuser-Busch, which is owned oh. by InBev. Right, which is Belgian. InBev is Belgian, but I think Stella... Still is American. A, is a, okay. It's under the Anheuser-Busch family of beers. I see. Because it's a premium beer, air quotes around the word premium, Right. they charge you a little more for it, for uh. a little less beer. And it's probably coming out of the same fermenters that are making Budweiser. Yeah, so. I, I've tried both, and there's not yeah. a huge difference. No, I agree. I agree. It's all about that glass that it comes in, though. Yeah, that, that, nice, glass. that nice green glass. So the Mayans have these inscriptions. Mayans love their inscriptions. Yeah. Should I shout out to our resident art expert here? Yeah, go grab her. Huli. Yeah. What is a... It's like an inscription in stone. It's called like a stella or a... Like the ancient Mesoamericans, they would like inscribe in stone. Oh God, I a, don't know. A, 
<laughs> it's so it's like a it's it's not quite a statue because it's inscribed. It's like a thick stone plate, mm-hmm. and there's an etching in it. Okay, you see what um, I'm saying? Yeah, it's uh, oh, I think it's like I know what you're talking about. It's a relief. I know that it's a relief. There you go, a relief. That that's I think a, a fair word to use. If uh, it's flat uh, but sculptural, S T E L A E. Stelay? I've never heard of that. Let's call it a relief. Okay, <laughs> it's a relief sculpture. Thank you, Huli. Thank you, Huli. Huli, our resident uh, art expert, tuning in with us. The Mayans have these reliefs that depict a ball player who's been beheaded. And so there's evidence that the losing team would get sacrificed. Way to make it high stakes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Qualifying for the playoffs. Exactly. I'm getting my head cut off if I don't hit this 20-pound ball with my hip good enough. You're qualifying for tomorrow. Right. Um, So that that jumps forward a little bit. Again, the Mayans, you know, they they rose up around 1200 BC, but again, they didn't really rise to prominence until around 750 AD, so it kind of took them a while. Wow, that's that's a good long run for civilization. That's right. That's that's longer than ours has been running. um, The term would actually almost be like culture. Like the Mayans may have been a culture. And not a society. And then reached to that civilization level. I see. You know, where they were actually building cities and and all that. Now you like your real-time strategy games and your turn-based strategy games. Do you you play the Civilization series of games? Yes, yes. Yeah, those are a lot of fun. And is there a Mayan... There is. ...team? Yes. Yeah, they kind of focus, like, all their strong techs and their strong units are, like, early game. So if you happen to make it, like, late game with the Mayans, you're kind of going up against... B-17 bombers and... And you're not really prepared for that? Right, right. Gotcha. But it's a, yeah, it's a good game there. Should we jump forward a little bit? We should jump forward. I I do want to say, when you picked up your paper to look up the word, the Mm -hmm. word for that specific kind of relief, I saw the back of your paper. Uh Uh-huh. And the back of your paper said amount of deaths related to soccer. Okay. There's a lot of deaths are, in soccer. Is that jumping forward too? Is that jumping no. ahead too much? Is there, is <laughs> there other things it you depends. want to cover? There's, there's deaths in soccer from the beginning. What's the beginning of soccer? It's hard to say. There are... Well, s- it's hard to watch. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Actually, I really enjoy soccer. Do you really? I, I love watching Dude, it. it lasts for like... Two hours. Compared to football, though. It lasts for two hours and nobody can score. Mm. Two hours and nothing happens. Okay, it lasts 90 minutes with, like, 15-minute break in between. The clock doesn't stop. Yeah, well, I've seen them add, like, another 20 minutes to the end of it. They can add five minutes. They can add five minutes? Yeah, it's at the top. But still, I agree, like, on... on It's a a bad game for bad people, Andrew. Ah... It's a an acquired taste. Okay. And and honestly, like now that football season has started up again, it's really exciting. It's real fun to watch. But there's so many stoppage of plays. There's so many commercial breaks, timeouts. The way I got into football mm-hmm. is I think of it like a turn-based strategy game. Okay. For me, that makes more sense. My buddies back when I was in like college and high school always wanted to play the Madden series of games with me. Right. And I could never get into it until I started thinking of it as a turn-based strategy oh, that's game. Interesting. And I'm good. You got good at turn-based strategy games. So I just were you good at Madden? I I was great. Oh, nice. Who'd was, you play as? I played as the Dolphins. Okay. Because I'm from uh, Fort Lauderdale. That's, that's fair. That's our team. Good for you. Repping the home team. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What else do you pick them? Watching a game of soccer might be 
boring for some, but I definitely think the history of soccer is pretty interesting. There's numerous um, mentions of a football-type ge- game pre-1280. Pre-1280. So before 1200 AD. Okay. Uh, there's definitely mentions of it, but I, I read a particular ar- article on JSTOR, and I'll, I'll be sure to provide it uh, on our Facebook page. Hold on. Hold on. You can't rip things from JSTOR. That's stealing. That's right. <laughs> Everybody out that's there, true. buy a subscription to JSTOR. To JSTOR. <laughs> right. Or, that's true. You, well, I've got a, a login through the university. Just provide your login as, publicly yes, on the Facebook page right. so everybody can use yours. Okay, well, well just trust me. <laughs> don't look it up yourself because I don't want you to get sued, and I certainly don't want to get sued myself. Yeah, don't uh, don't provide just, your JSTOR credentials no, no, on our Facebook that. page. Uh, yeah, I don't want people going in and looking at my USF uh, grades. Oh, God. <laughs> No, they're actually really good. So. Are they? <laughs> good. Like, yeah, I got a 4.0. Do you really? I, it's grads. I mean, I'm only taking like a course per semester, so. Dude, my college GPA easy. was 2.2. Well, that was undergrad. Honestly, like, everybody says grad school is harder, and I'm, I'm sure in a way it is. I'm just starting off, so I'm sure at some point I'll be like, wow, this is really hard. But right now, I'm Well, I feel like it's, it's more work and a narrower focus. Right, right. And I'm fascinated with library science, and, and I really enjoy what I'm studying. So okay, cool. it's it's made it easy. One of the first recorded fatalities from football, or should we just call it soccer oh, for well, our podcast? Let's clarify that... The kind of football we're talking about yeah. is association football, which is where the term soccer comes from. It was an it was a British term. Oh, I see. For association football. Okay. It sh- it, and they shortened association football to soccer. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that's interesting. We're talking about associated football. Association. Association football. Um, in twelve eighty, again twelve eighty A.D., uh, there's this guy named Henry. Uh, who receives a mortal wound from another player when they are both trying to go after a ball. And this other player's dagger, which, of course, everybody carries daggers everybody's on armed on Everybody's the armed pitch. on the soccer pitch. The dagger pokes through the sheath and stabs Henry in the gut while they're both fighting for oh this ball. Oh, my goodness. Now, when you're watching soccer nowadays, and I, and I watched a little bit of it during the uh, Olympics. Right, yep. When... Even a little bit of contact is made. Oh, Somebody takes a dive. Oh, yeah. Swan dive, yeah. It, it, Rolls it, it, around in yes, agony. Grabbing yeah. whatever body right. part they think looks most convincing. And as an amateur soccer fan, I'll admit that the dive thing is... is it's so frustrating it's, to watch. It is. I, I just keep playing. I agree. But in this case, I think this guy had a legitimate cause to roll around in agony because he just got... He just got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course died from that. Now, ironically Honor. enough, this would happen nearly 100 years later. Again? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Forty years later. You feel 30. like you feel like after the first time they stopped issuing daggers. daggers. <laughs> you think that wouldn't be a you standard think. part of the kit? Right. No. Uh, they keep doing it. Forty years later, in 1321, this guy named William Despalding he accidentally kills his buddy, another William. You know, everybody from England's named William. So William and William are both going for the ball. Same thing happens. Dagger gets impaled in his buddy's stomach. Now William. Despalding, the killer, manslaughter. I think manslaughter. is the word you use. Thank you. This manslaughter, unintentional manslaughter, unintentional manslaughterer, is feels <laughs> so guilty about it. He actually goes to the Pope and receives a special dispensation. The Pope's, you know, pretty much says. Did he go to like Rome? I think he wrote a letter. Okay. Wrote a letter and said, "Hey, I feel terrible about killing my buddy. Would you mind?" Forgiving me of the sin of murder of my own friend, and sure enough, the Pope says you're all good. The Pope kind of has to forgive you. Uh, well, not back then, man. 
John Paul forgave the guy who tried to assassinate Well, that was John Paul. That's the modern pope. Okay. And there's been some very saintly popes throughout the history of the church, but there have been plenty of... There was one who had, like, orgies in the Vatican. Yeah, there have been some corrupt... Pope Pius, whatever it was. That would be ironic if it was Pope Pius who had the orgies. (laughs) And really, you say that the, the pope has to forgive, and yet in the modern Catholic sense, forgiveness is divine or whatever... But in fact, soccer, or I'm sorry, association football back oh, then, soccer. soccer back then was deemed as this very evil sport. The Pope often decried soccer. Really? And more so than the Popes, the monarchs, uh, especially the kings in England, where, where this football, this soccer sport was becoming more popular. The, the kings hated it. Because I imagine it was more popular with the lower classes. Correct. Back when the class system, the class system was in England up until. God, the 20s? Right, yeah. So that's definitely a part of it. What other reasons might a king not like uh, this this lowly sport? Imagine the lower classes are, lower classes. are very into it. Yep. I don't know. It, okay, seems, like, so it seems like you have an answer for another me. Another thing, injuries. Okay. You don't want your guys getting injured because you're fighting constant wars, uh, especially oh. around this time Edward II was in power, and he's fighting... Robert the Bruce, which I think is such a great Robert name. The Robert Bruce. the Bruce. <laughs> well, it seems like a lot of these injuries could be avoided if the soccer players stopped carrying daggers. That's true. And while that's I was true. watching the Olympics, I noticed nobody they on the had... field was armed. No, that's true. Which they... is a big step forward, yeah. I mean. You know, I didn't look that up. I should have found out when they stopped allowing daggers on the field. When they stopped arming the soccer players. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but Edward II, he's fighting uh, Robert the Bruce to reclaim Scotland... And so he doesn't want his soldiers, you know, these young guys who inevitably play football, who are also his soldiers, he doesn't want them getting wounded. But more importantly, he wants them to play a different sport. What? He wants them to play the sport of archery. Archery? That's, it, that's... Okay. And he published he published this, this edict that encouraged the young men of the realm to take up a sport in the defense of the realm versus this football, which doesn't help on the battlefield necessarily. Okay, archery has practical applications. Correct, on the battlefield. Correct. Soccer on the battlefield does not really. No, not really. I guess small unit tactics would, yeah, would be useful because soccer is about working as a small unit and correct. communicating on what you could call a battlefield yeah. to achieve a common goal. Yeah. Um, so I can see how that might be useful. And athleticism and agility. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I should I should go ahead and you know, talk about what is soccer in this time period compared to what we're thinking about? I imagine it's changed quite a bit besides uh, having small arms on them. So at times, it could cover over a mile. The field oh, could be over God. a mile, and it would literally be one whole village versus another whole village. Men, women, children. So it could be and you just up to play, 100 people versus 100 people. You just play in the space in between the villages. And there is one pig bladder that okay. is... Thrown out, you and you have it, to I guess? get. You know, I all I saw was that it said pig bladder. Okay. Uh, I would. I'm going to hope that it was inflated. Yeah, or filled a, with water or something. Right. Maybe a little buoyancy instead of just running around with this. So some of the rules are you don't even have to kick it. Uh, John was just doing a little kicking motion. But yeah, that's that's soccer. That's soccer, but it's called football everywhere correct, else. Correct. But some of the rules that were found from this early medieval football, early medieval soccer, was that you could get it into the end zone, the other... The end zone. So it wasn't really a goalpost, it was just the oh, other side. Okay. You get from one side to the next. I see. All you have to do is just get that pigskin, that pig bladder, from your side to the next side, with the help of your 99 villagers versus their 100 villagers. And, you know, people are punching each other, people are 
tackling each other. It sounds like my kind of sport. I can yeah. kind of get into it's, this. It sounds it's like yeah. professional wrestling mixed with American football. Right. It sounds like fun. Yeah. Remember the XFL? Yes. Yeah. 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 This, we, we could maybe try and bring this back. So, <laughs> obviously, very entertaining for the viewer, mm-hmm. the spectator, if you will. Uh, obviously, dangerous for the player. Uh, so dangerous, in fact, that the mayor of London posted a proclamation. The mayor of London proclamated what exactly? Yeah. So uh, this is now 1314, again, 1314 A.D., circa. Uh, the mayor of London publishes a proclamation issued for the preservation of peace. Now, John, if you don't mind, I want to I want to just go ahead and quote it. Okay. And whereas there is a great uproar in the city through certain tumults arising from the striking of great footballs in the fields of the public, from which many evils perchance may arise, which may God forbid, we do command and do forbid on the king's behalf upon pain of imprisonment that such a game shall not be practiced henceforth within the city. It's like reading Beowulf. Right. Which may God forbid on pain of imprisonment that such a game... It has a very good cadence. Right? It kind of bounces along. Yeah. From which many evils perchance may arise, which God may forbid, we do command and do forbid on the king's behalf upon pain of imprisonment. That's a very good rhythm to it. I like that. Yeah. Such a game shall not be practiced henceforth within the city. So the sport was banned because of the dangers of it. Now, how, how well did that ban work? Not well, but well enough that the British eventually defeated the Scottish. You think that's why they that, well, that's why they defeated the Scottish? <laughs> Maybe not necessarily. Is, is this the prequel of Braveheart where they banned? No, this is the. They wasn't the soccer? Robert the Bruce? I believe Robert the Bruce was in Braveheart. I believe it was Wallace's buddy. Okay, I believe he is in it. But William Wallace was his yeah, name. Yeah, William Wallace, aka Braveheart, Mel Gibson, the aka Bra- Braveheart, <laughs> the Braveheart. Yeah. So so that's a little bit about uh, medieval soccer. Obviously, deaths in the early soccer, but there's also deaths in future... I'm sorry, not future soccer. In, in, in future soccer. Far <laughs> into the future. But in, in, in modern soccer, there's okay. also deaths. But I almost want to leave you as a cliffhanger. Maybe we should take a little break before we talk about more modern morbidity. I would love a little... Is morbidity a word, John? Morbidity. Morbidity. Modern morbidity. There you go. After a, this it's break. It's a good name for your death metal band. <laughs> there we All go. All right, let's take a little break, and we will be back after this message from our sponsors. That's right. And we are back from our break. Andrew... Michael Mercurio Scheip, how are you? Back in action. Doing Back pretty in good. Action. So we were talking about um, soccer deaths, I believe. That's right. We were talking about the 1200, 1300, so medieval Renaissance period. Uh, so we're going to jump forward to now, like the 1890s. So this is when. Oh wow, we're jumping quite a bit. Yeah, so this is when, like, the European football—I don't want to call it a European football league—but they, they started taking more more stats down and kind of recording more information regarding football in England or soccer, as we call it okay. in England. Um, so the earliest deaths related to football, soccer, soccer, come from the 1890s. First one that's recorded is a guy named William Cropper. Plays for Stavely. No Stavely? idea. Stavely FC. Stavely. Exactly. Some club probably. Uh, but he ruptured his bowels in a match. Good lord. Which yeah. I don't, so at first I was thinking he may have gotten hit, but maybe you could rupture your bowels by just. 
I really have no idea. Just from exertion, maybe? Maybe. Like a hernia? But, uh, well, hernia is when your intestines go through your ball sack. Yeah. So I guess that probably wouldn't happen from running. Unless you're running maybe. real hard. I don't know. Hernias <laughs> usually happen in men between like 40 and 60 lifting something they shouldn't be lifting. Right. Right. Uh, or that exertion causes your intestines to... Oh, God, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Ironically enough, the three of the five first recorded deaths, once they started taking this more accurate recordings, were all related to tetanus. Really? Uh, in fact... Like, the, they had lockjaw? Uh, either, like, whether they were getting cut on the field by somebody, or in the in the first case that was recorded, this guy named James Daddy Dunlop. James Daddy Dunlop. Okay. He's cut by a piece of glass on the opponent's field. Ooh. And dies from tetanus a few days later. Gee, was that yeah. was that a tactical decision to put glass on the field, or was that just... That wasn't recorded, but, uh, I mean, that would work both ways. Yeah, Unless that's true. your team, like, happened to know where the glass was exactly strategically where placed. where the glass is. Yeah, and yeah. Don't, don't take a fall over there. Right. Now, luckily, they've advanced in their technology and their glass cleaning yeah, policies. I hope you rake the field every right. now and then. Now, now they rake. You want to guess? I mean, I think it should probably be fairly obvious what people are now dying from on the soccer field. Uh, Zika? <laughs> yeah. I guess it depends on where you're playing. Uh, heart attacks. Oh, too much exertion. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Is, is that somewhat recent? There were two deaths in September 2016. We are now rec- we are recording this month. This month, there have been two deaths. Really? Of heart attacks on the the soccer pitch, as they call it. One of our previous episodes what was it called the footy pitch? Yeah, the footy pitch. Yeah. So uh, two within this past month, which is yeah pretty amazing. Uh, died from heart attacks, just you know overheating and uh, exhaustion. Good lord. Right. So. Soccer, there's definitely a violent history to soccer. It's still very much a deadly sport. See, I don't think of it as a deadly sport. Because when you think of high-profile sports injuries, you think Mm. of American football. Right. Where they're just slamming the shit out of each other. Right. Concussions and stuff like that. Torn ACLs. I never think of soccer when I think of deadly sports. Yeah, it can be pretty bad. Now, of course, with football, what's the main issue there? With in American football, yeah, especially with the uh, modern, you know, what's the, what's the big thing people are worried about? Today? Concussions, of concussions. course. There was that movie with Will Smith, right? Right, where he's a concussion doctor or yep. something from Kenya. Yes, and he does a very bad Kenyan accent. Oh, does he? I haven't oh, seen it's it yet. so bad. Okay, well, that's Will Smith. <laughs> people will still go and see him. I hope he's not a listener. <laughs> that's true. Hey, no, I I like him. Yeah. He's bad at doing accents, but hey, I'm pretty bad at doing accents. Oh, so. Andrew, you're next level. <laughs> Next level bad or next level? Just, just next level. We'll, put it, we'll leave it at that. So, that's, that's the one thing you have Will Smith beat at, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, I've got one up right. on, on, right. on Big hey, Willie style. I'll take that. Best thing to avoid concussions when you're playing football? Wear a helmet. Yeah, wear, wear one of those big old plasticky foam-covered helmets. That's yeah. right. Um, Foam-insulated. Foam-insulated, yeah. plastic-covered. There you go. There's actually a few different guys who are attributed for having invented the football helmet. Um, I personally like to give credit to this U.S. Naval Academy midshipman, this guy named Joseph Reeves. Joseph Reeves, and that's who that's who you give credit to, and I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah. But why does he get the credit, do you think? I just personally give him credit because I love his story. Okay. Uh, but there's like two other guys that are also accredited with coming okay, up with some kind of helmet within the same general... 
time frame. Give me the elevator pitch of this guy's story. So this dude, he wants to play in the Army-Navy game. Now, even today, the Army-Navy game a big is, thing. is a huge it's thing. Huge, yeah. so, so, and he absolutely wants to play, but he is told by his doctor that if he suffers another kick in the head, he will either die... Bummer. Pretty bad. Or, more interestingly, go immediately insane. Immediately. Immediately. If he gets hit in the head one more time... That's it. He's going nuts. Do you remember that old myth? I, I heard it a couple times in college. Maybe you did too. Where if you take LSD more than seven times, you're legally <laughs> insane. I, Have you heard I, that? I, I mean, I've heard of people like going off the deep end when they take these mind-altering drugs. Okay. But no, I haven't heard of seven as the particular number. That's yeah, seven's fascinating. the fascinating. Remember my roommate Nate? Yeah. Big, big, big. I love Nate. Great guy. I'm assuming he's taken it more than seven times now. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, yeah, I'm legally insane yeah. seven times. I was like, I don't know about that. I don't know that's something you'd be uh, really. No, I, I don't think you're smart, but I don't think you're legally insane. <laughs> you're right. Well, <laughs> I guess that's a. Uh, well, no, it's not up to him. It's up to the doctor. Yeah, it's up to up to a medical professional. Right. Well, I'm glad he's he was able to embrace that. Good for, good for him. Sure. Uh, so Reeves, he wants to play, doesn't want to go insane, doesn't want to die, obviously. No. So he goes to a local shoemaker slash blacksmith. When we call talk about shoemaker, we're talking about horseshoe. Oh, I see. Um, actually, no. You know what? Now that I think about it, because it was a leather helmet that was fabricated. So this may have been a legitimate... Shoemaker. Like a, sh- cobbler. a cobbler. Yeah. The source that I'm using... Uh, describes him as a shoemaker slash blacksmith. So maybe, maybe you double majored. Double major, <laughs> Exactly. Double major. You don't know. Right. There is someone else who created a more primitive helmet, uh, but you couldn't even call it a helmet. It was more of just a nose protector. It was a leather nose protector. Problem is, it interfered with vision and breathing. It was just this pretty much leather strap that went over your nose. And oh. the only reason I bring up that is because it was invented by a guy, Edgar Allan Poe the third. The third, the yeah. third in the line of the of the Edgar Allens. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, the Poe family went from being emo writers to football jocks. Well, fun thing about Edgar Allan Poe: mm-hmm. all the women he ever loved died of TB, tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not a sexually transmitted disease, right? No, it was just a coincidence. That sucks. His um, so no mother. Wonder, no wonder he was so morose. Yeah, his mother, his sister. Damn. His wife slash cousin. <laughs> okay. All died of tuberculosis. Okay. Just a fun fact for you. That is a very fun fact, and honestly, um, I know we've discussed it before. Very, very fun. We're going to want to go back. We're going to talk about authors and artists in one of our episodes because there's yeah. tons of interesting characters like uh, Edgar Allan there. Today, of course, you know, you were talking about the plastic helmet, the kind of large mm-hmm. helmet, fits logos on. Yeah. Logos were not used until 1948 when wow. a guy named Fred Gerke, he was a halfback for the Los Angeles Rams. Which, Los um, Angeles Rams. And so the Rams, for a long time, had been in St. Louis. Yeah, Missouri, right? Yeah. And they just moved back to St. Louis this... Or, excuse me. They just moved back to L.A. this year. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. I don't keep up with the trades. Yeah, it's, it's hard to keep track of. But uh, either way, this this guy, Fred Gerke, he was actually a art student from the University of Utah. And he began painting a horn design on his helmet. In 1948, and that's how the logos kind of started. And at first, I was like, oh, this is interesting. You have this football player who's a art student. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? There's probably a lot of football players now who just took art. Yeah, because you have to think football players, especially if you get a free ride to college for playing football. Right. You can major whatever. Whatever you want. Yeah, whatever thing you want to major in. Right, right, right. 
So that's not too surprising. No. Now, of course, you know, there's a whole big thing about the helmets today. There was a huge controversy. Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle from, let's say, the Rydell company. This this company, Rydell, is producing football uh, helmets for the NFL. Okay. They claim that their helmet reduces concussions by 31% until this other doctor, this neurologist, actually checked it out and found out there's no corroborating evidence um, and so I feel like when you make a claim like that, right, it has to be peer reviewed by other scientists in the same field. Like if you say smoking is bad for you, which of course we know smoking is bad for you, right? Even that claim has to be backed up by other scientists peer reviewing your study, right? So I guess it depends on how the information is being distributed. Because if a scientist is going to distribute that information, he's going to want to have it peer reviewed. Absolutely. Whereas if a corporation's publishing it, you don't want anybody to touch it. No. You don't care. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it was in 2013 they finally had to stop using that 31% as a stat. And I see. realized it wasn't true. So, you know, the whole debate on whether, I mean, I shouldn't say there's a debate because there is no it's debate. Not, it's not a debate. Right. There's no question about right. that. Right, that there's concussions being caused and that helmets can certainly help, but, uh, you know, there's certain rules that are changing in the NFL, and this is definitely an ongoing thing and uh, not under my purview. Okay. I don't care enough about football, and I don't care enough about concussions. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. <laughs> is that fair? That is fair. <laughs> I mean, I certainly encourage our listeners to uh, you know, look up uh, some more information about this whole Rydell scandal, about the evolution of the football helmet. Uh, it's definitely com- come quite a ways from the beginnings, uh, but I think a lot of people would argue still has leagues to go. A little pun there. We'll let that one slide. Now, I um, is, is that pretty much what you got for football? I think that's pretty much what I got, yeah. Okay, because I want to talk about cricket. Okay. That's not a sport that we know much about. It's no. not a sport I know much about. I watched uh, some some YouTubers I like play a cricket video game, hmm. and they were British YouTubers. I didn't even know they made those things. Yeah, it was called uh, The Ashes 2013 or whatever, the name of the video game. Okay. But um, uh, Do you mind if I ask? Do you have any idea why, they, why it's called The Ashes? The Ashes is a game that's pl- it used to be played every four years between okay. England and Australia. I see. It was like a big game, kind of like the who plays on on on, um, on on Thanksgiving Day. It's the same two teams every year. I want to say Detroit, but it, it, it's like yeah, that. it's okay. the same Fair two enough. teams playing each other right at this one interval. Right, but it's always England and Australia. Okay, so they're the two kind of understood mm-hmm. best. Cricket players. I suppose. But cricket is interesting because it's only played by England mm-hmm. and countries that England used to own through the Commonwealth. Right. So Australia, yep. New Zealand, mm-hmm. India, yep. Bangladesh, uh, I think Pakistan. Okay. Yeah. Countries that used to be under the, or still are under the Commonwealth. The same countries that might play polo. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Cricket is a game that can take literally days to play. That's what I've heard. And if it starts raining, yeah, then the game is just called a draw. Huh. Oh, okay. Nobody wins. It's just a draw because it started raining. But Boy, even if one team is up? Even if one team is up. team didn't get a chance yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Because they could ah. turn it around if they had the chance. I see. But people found this a little unsatisfactory. Right. So what they developed, one person I believe developed, mm-hmm. is what's called the Duckworth-Lewis method. And the Duckworth-Lewis method is an equation. Huh. An equation that you can use to figure out who would have won. Oh my goodness. If the game had been played. That's too funny. Like based on what 
scores had happened previously. I, I suppose game. based on statistics, uh, let's yeah. see here. The Duckworth-Lewis method is a mathematical formulation designed to calculate the target score for the team batting second in a limited overs cricket match interrupted by weather or other circumstances. It is accepted to be the most accurate method of setting a score. Wow. So it's like, why even play the game? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like if it gets rained out, yeah. then you just, all right, let's plug well, all this information we have into this yeah. equation and see who would have won. Depending on the league and the right. rule set, the Duckworth-Lewis method can be used to prescribe a winner. Now, do you happen to know, is that only for circumstances of weather, or is it... It's it's weather or any circumstance that would prevent the game being played Okay, so do they still play over days? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Damn. I've tried watching cricket. Yeah. It is an impossibly boring sport to watch. Even worse than baseball. Here's the difference between American... And European sports. Yeah. In American sports, yeah. the game is secondary to the party. The, I agree. The party is the primary function of the game. Yep. If, if your team wins, yep. it's an excuse to party harder. That's right. If your team loses, that's it's right. an excuse to party harder. Yeah, that's right. That's I'm a good like, point. Yeah, I my like team that. lost me to keep, keep drinking, You're right. You're right. get over it. Right. And, you know, I, I'm recently watching... Um, uh, I actually enjoy German soccer, the Bundesliga. I don't know if they don't sell alcoholic beverages at these soccer matches, but I, I've never seen someone in the stand with a beer in their hand. And people, you know, my mom, she works part-time in Germany, and she says when the, the people are there watching a soccer game, even if they're at the pub, when they're when you're watching soccer, you're watching yeah, soccer. You're that's all that's, you're doing. Yeah, uh, compared to, yeah, like you said, when, we're, when we enjoy sports, like Super Bowl parties... There's, there's so many other things going on besides the game. Andrew, I've been to so many Super Bowl parties, I've never watched the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, I, I'm like, right there with you. Like, right. I right. took shots from the ice slide. Yep, yep. Or yeah. used the Jaeger machine, Jaegermeister right. machine. Never watched the game. No, no. And I think that's kind of part of the appeal. And, and, and even now, living in St. Petersburg, the stadium where the Tampa Bay Rays play yeah. is walking distance right. from my house. Right. I listen to the games on the radio with oh, me and cool. my girlfriend are at a bar. We'll, yeah. we'll watch the game on the TV at the bar while we're drinking. Right. But the game is secondary to the drinking. Right. I feel like a lot of American sports are that way. God bless America. God, God bless America. God bless America. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the big difference there. Yeah. It's the big difference between uh, uh, North America. I'm not sure if it's similar in Canada or Mexico. Yeah. No, it's but at least in... Um, USA sports. Yeah. I imagine North America generally, this is something we share... Right. Us in Canada and Mexico, the North American countries. Right. Um, and I feel like it's important to include Mexico in the correct. North American countries. Correct. Because Central America, I'm not sure if this is correct, but I feel like Central America is a term mostly used by people who don't want to admit that Mexico is in North America. Okay. Now, and, and I see that from like a bigot side, from you know, from bigotry or from racism, why someone might do that. But at the same time, I would argue that the Mexican culture is very much different than the American and Canadian culture. Right? I feel like it depends. It depends on what we're talking it, 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 about. It depends no, you're on right. Like, there are towns in California, Arizona, no, right. these border states. You're totally right. Where the culture on either side of the border is very similar. Very similar. Because they're so close together. Right. There's people who live in the U.S. but work in Mexico. That's right. People who live in Mexico but commute to the U.S. to go to work. That's true. There's a lot of cross-culturalism there. I, I assume the closer you get to Panama, 
the, the larger the cultural divide becomes. Right. But I don't think it's too much. No, and you really can't paint with a, a wide brush. You're right. There's, no. There's, the USA has, has 50 states. Mm-hmm. And the culture in each state varies. You're right. That's true. Like, what's normal in Florida may not be normal... <laughs> well, in, anywhere. <laughs> in, in, in New England. No. Or, and, and even <laughs> in New England, same. from state to state, right. there, there's different. cultural differences. Yeah. So yeah. It's true. It's, it's difficult to say. The, the best way to look about America, or, or, or the USA in general... Is fifty tiny countries, yeah, all stitched together, right? Sharing a language and somewhat of a of a history, yeah. Well, uh, it's almost like uh, they say about America and England, two countries divided by a common language. Yeah, I think they say mm-hmm. so. Well, Andrew, I think um, that'll do us for it. Unless uh, you got anything else you'd like, to I add. do have one more thing, John. Please. How do we always end up with our episode? How do we want to end our episodes now? With Hitler. With Hitler. The little Hitler. So, um, little Hitler there, there's a lot of debates out there on which German team did Hitler endorse. Oh, what, what's Hitler's so team? What's there Hitler's... were a lot of different teams that were, were talked about. Schalke. Okay, who are the Hitler boys? Schalke was, was one of the strongest teams at the time in Germany, so a lot of people thought he was a, uh, a Schalke fan. Okay. Some people said Bayern Munich, because Bayern Munich was... The, the Capitals team. Well, well, Hitler was from Hungary, wasn't he? Yeah, Austria. Austria. Right. So maybe he supported his home team. A lot of people thought that as well. Turns out he had no interest in, in football. He went to art school, right? Correct. Okay, maybe he wasn't a, a, a big sports guy. No, he wasn't a jock. He was a nerd with a bad mustache. The only time he actually watched a soccer match was during the Olympics. Really? Because he had to be there. Right. And, in fact, Bayern Munich, the capital's team, the capital of Germany's team, um, had a lot of Jews, uh, not only in the management, but on the team. And, in fact, there were a lot of German teams, a lot of German soccer clubs who had Jews um, on their team. And I don't know if it was Hitler in particular, but the Nazis were known to financially limit and financially hurt, uh, particularly Bayern Munich. Because really? of their because ties, they had Jewish players. Exactly, and it's interesting because now Bayern Munich. Um, I personally dislike Bayern Munich because they're the Yankees of the Bundesliga. They, they always right win. now. They always because they have all, they the, have money all the money to buy the best players. Yeah, but during World War II, Hitler actually really stifled. Uh, uh, again, the article I read just just referenced the Nazis, so I don't know if it was Hitler or somebody, somebody one of his the, cronies, somebody in his administration was actively really trying to limit. Byron Munich because they had these these Jewish players. Exactly. So there's our little tie with Hitler and sports. And I, and I want to keep that up. I want to yeah. end every episode with a little Hitler fact yeah. about the topic we're talking about. Right. So I feel like that's that's fun. Yeah, that's fine. That's fun. We didn't do that in the lost episode. No, we didn't, did we? No, we mentioned. And we the, were talking about World War II. <laughs> I know. We, it would have been so easy to yeah, stitch I'm, Hitler I'm glad, in. There. I'm kind of glad that didn't make it out. I'm telling you, it was actually. a it was a bad one, dude. Yeah. It was a real bad one. And so I'll go ahead and mention in in this lost episode that me and John are alluding to. I did answer a question from one of our uh, listeners, John. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her last name or the name. Her name. Her, it was uh, mm-hmm. Victoria, and she okay. asked about. Child care. We did a, we did an episode about medical history. Correct. And we talked about child care, and she wanted to know about babysitters. That's right. So, um, really, there there isn't much information on babysitters relating to pre modern era because was, we're talking about Victorian England. Right? Yeah, that's really what we were t- we were focused on, and just they didn't use babysitters at that time. Pretty much, if you were older than 
seven years old, you started working, unless you were rich, in which case you were raised by a nanny. Okay. Um, so really, uh, the babysitting in Victorian era, at least. Yeah, there was no there was no hiring a sixteen year old high school girl to watch your kids for you for ten bucks an hour. That's right. That's right. Okay. So. Um, hopefully, Victoria, that answers your question. We love getting questions from folks and getting yeah. input, feedback. And you can ask us more questions by emailing us, uh, thebroadsides at post, that's P-O-S-T dot com. We're on Twitter at thebroadsides, and Andrew manages her Facebook page, that's which right. is... www.facebook.com slash thebroadsides podcast, I believe. That's right. Yeah. Another great evening. Another great evening. Another great evening in paradise. That's right. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Absolutely. We enjoyed spending time with you. That's right. Uh, Being in your home, being in your car. In your ears. Being in your, being very intimate with you. Yes. Yes. Hopefully we're taken away from the daily drudgery. Yeah. With our own drudgery. Yeah. (laughs) Life is miserable. That's right. Thank you for listening. Amen. Good night. (laughs)